This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Hey, 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 hey. Good morning, Canada. GTC. It is Zacchino. It is Weeks. We are Scully-less for the majority of the show, as Adam will be by later on in the program to jump in with some uh, TSN Edge picks for the 3M. As we are off to Minnesota, as the tour only has two weeks left. Bob, where did the season go? <laughs> I know. I keep looking at my golf pool going, oh, there's time to catch up. There's time to catch up. But no, there's not. There's two more events and then the playoffs. And uh, you're right. It's, uh, it's sneaking up. Well, I guess next week's August, right? So where did the summer go? Not lower did the golf season go. And, you know, no rest for the wicked. Uh, 3M championship for this guy for PGA Tour Radio this week. Then I'm off to work for PGA Tour Live at the Wyndham Championship. Then you're off to Memphis to kick off the FedEx Cup playoffs. Then I'm off to Chicago for the second event of the playoffs, the BMW Championship. And then fingers crossed, fingers crossed, I don't want to add more to your schedule, Bob. You know, I'm not doing this out of... uh, because I'm mean or I don't care about your well-being. <laughs> but let's assume we get multiple red and whites in that top 30 at the Tour Championship. Maybe you've got one more. Maybe you're off to the Tour Championship. We, Possibly. We see, yeah, I, we I, actually already, I actually already have one that week on the docket. I've got, uh, I've got the uh, CP Women's Open, but we may have a different crew going <laughs> to different places. We'll see what's going on. I can't be in Vancouver and... In Atlanta at the same time, but uh, we'll but see this. Despite what you, the bosses you, may think, you are quite a good magi- uh, magician, uh, and I know Chris, your son, <laughs> is even is ma- an even better magician. But this one, if you could be in two places on opposite ends of coast, that is a trick I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> we hey, have we, we have lots of talented people who can fill in. <laughs> before we uh, before we get into it today. Um, because sometimes we're passing ships in the night this time of year, we haven't had a chance to talk uh, about our, our Saturday at Glen Abbey with uh, Michael Block. That was kind of a fun day, wasn't it? It was. And, you know, I, I know there were some people who were a little, uh, just sort of said, why are we doing this on Twitter, social media, where you, you can be as brave as you want to be. But I'll tell you what, I, I love the event. It was, a, it was a bigger event than I thought it was going to be. It was a fun, more fun event than I thought it was going to be. And I can't say enough about Michael Block. And listen, for those, you know, harping on Michael Block and giving him the business, this guy was a sensation at the PGA Championship. And if people want to uh, bring him along and have him do events and play tournaments and play with corporate guests and things like that, why not? If I'm Michael Block... What should I do? Go back and, and teach lessons? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this out until it goes. And he's he's fully aware of it. I talked to him a little bit about that. He said you were there too. He said you know we'll just keep going as long as we can. He's got some events coming up that he's gonna play. He's got some outings that he's gonna do. Uh, but this was really cool. You know, 90 shots to make a hole in one, and he came close a couple times. I mean, six seven times I thought he made it. I think if the greens were a little softer. Uh, he could have used the backboard a little bit more. We probably would have got one. 
became pretty obvious that to get one to go, he's going to have to go in the front door. And I mean, that whole location, there was what, like 12 paces, maybe eight paces in front of that cup. It wasn't going to happen in the front door. So it was really tough. You know, Twitter's an ugly place. Uh, I'm a much bigger fan of, you know, social media like Instagram or things like that. It seems like a happier place. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that there were idiots on Twitter. Just, you know, the problem with it is everybody's got opinion and, and not everyone should be able to voice theirs. I, I preferred the world, Bob, in a place where um, not everyone had a platform to give an opinion. I think the world was a better world. Uh, all that being said, the one thing I don't understand about the anger that you were referring to there about uh, Michael Block is you don't have to watch it. Like, what do you care if Michael, if someone has gone out to watch Michael Block do this? Why are you so angry? It reminds me of the live golf community a little bit. It's like they get mad when people dump on live. Okay, that's fine. Everybody, again, is entitled to their opinion. But they're so angry when you just take, like, I've taken the opinion the last year where it's like, listen, everybody's taken their moral piece here. Everybody's suggested how they feel ethically and morally about this. That was a year ago. This year, we're just talking about the golf and the product. I personally don't like the product. You know how much that upsets people? Why don't you like live? <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I know. The anger is shocking to me. And this is in the same lane, Bob. It's like, okay, I don't like Michael Block. I think this is 15 minutes is up, so I'm going to get angry that other people are still enjoy, enjoying it. It is just mind-boggling to me. The only thing I can say that I saw good on Twitter today so far is that it's Mick Jagger's 80th birthday. How about that? No way. 80 wow. years old. Saw him two so years ago. That made me smile on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Saw him two years ago, the Stones at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, 77,000 people. I was 10 rows from the stage. He's, he was 78 going on 17. Unbelievable energy. <laughs> I guarantee you they're not stopping anytime soon. Okay, we've got uh, a busy show. We've got to get to some stuff today. Uh, 3M picks, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh, Adam Scully. Now, Bob, did you know who this gentleman was that Adam spoke to that's got the exemption now into PGA Tour Canada? It's Micah Morris. He's got something like 750,000 followers. Adam's gone down like this social media lane, and he, I think he's like our director now of social media across the board. We got an interview there. Uh, of course, we got Brooke Henderson defending a major championship this week that that is going to be the headline in the world of golf and uh also justin thomas and tony fino mm, seasons for those guys Ryder cup year you know top 70 make it to the playoffs lots of question marks let's let's jump into it first though with some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one bob no one watched the open is this, what is this a symptom of? Or is it multiple symptoms? Is it the leader, Brian Harmon's just not the sexiest guy in the world? Is it the fact that people thought this was over before the final round started? A combination of both. It's July, the weather's nice, Canadians like to get outside, North Americans like to get outside. There's a lot of factors as to why this was the lowest uh, ratings we've seen in an open championship for quite some time. Uh, what stands out for you? Uh, I think it's the fact that Brian Harmon is not a sexy golfer and 
he's not a big name and the fact that he had a five-shot lead going into Sunday I think a lot of people just said meh I'd rather go out and work in the garden or go and practice my chipping or something like that I think I think you know all four majors this year none of them really had a a ton of drama going down and if it did had like the US Open was was at least a little bit close but it didn't have a big name it had Rory was a big name but he was chasing Wyndham Clark um I don't know. You know, there's always there's always things that you can take into account, but I, I would suggest that it was probably the fact that it was Brian Harmon with a five shot lead on Sunday, and a lot of people just decided I'm going to do something else. I think you and I are in agreement that if we had to circle one major that almost gave us some decent TV, it would have been Rochester. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, you know Scully and I were talking a little bit earlier this week, and I think that. If I was to rank them in terms of interest, self-interest that I thought, I, I would take the PGA and put that number one, U.S. Open, and then probably the Masters, and then and then the the Open Championship, and you know none of them had the real get to the 72nd hole, I need this putt to win kind of factor. So I, I there was nothing that really sort of was wow, but but uh, yeah, I think Rochester was probably the closest we got to it. And it was nice to see some big names like Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy in there, Rory again, um, in there. So I guess that added to it as well. Now, this is a cool story out of Minnesota. I mean, there's a lot of guys on the PGA Tour that once in a while uh, need to find a caddy. Their, their regular loopers got a week off. They need to find a bag man, etc. But Alex Gauger, I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Alex is uh, uh, Eric Van Royen's regular caddy. He's his, his, his weekly bag man, tall guy, thin guy, very recognizable, uh, uh, sometimes with the man bun sticking out top the visor. He's a, he's a recognizable <laughs> character. He Monday qualified, Bob, for the 3M. So he can't loop for Van Royen because he's playing in the same event. And if you want to take this one step further, when the draw comes out on Wednesday morning, Vin Royan looks up, he's playing in the same group Thursday morning with his caddy. So not only did he lose his caddy, he's playing with him. How cool is this? <laughs> That's a pretty cool story. The only thing that I could think of that was as close to that in, in like, unbelievable situation was remember the remember Lance Tenbrook who was a, a PGA Tour player then he became a caddy and he was caddying for Jesper Parnovic at the Valero Texas Open and he got in to the tournament and the way the draw worked he played in the morning and then caddied in the afternoon for Lance and then <laughs> and then flipped it over and they both missed the cut but Lance Tenbrook actually beat Jesper Parnovic by strokes <laughs> that they missed the putt so uh, that's that's a great story though out of Minnesota. It's something you, you a lot of people don't realize just how good players caddies are. They're very good well, players. Some of them, well, a lot. What, but I would say, yeah, I'm just throwing out some numbers here. But you know, there are there are times where you know a third of the field is uh, caddies were guys that were just on the cusp of playing the game for a living, right? Like I mean, like there's so many of those yeah. guys out there. And, or played on different tours, Corn Ferry, PGA Tour Canada, etc. And speaking of PGA Tour Canada, this is kind of a bit of a sad story, Bob, that came out of uh, PGA Tour Canada uh, this week. I don't know if you saw the Justin Doden story, uh, 28 years old in Ottawa. Um, take you back to the, the 18th green, 
Uh, he holds out a putt for what is a seven and uh, erases his number, puts in a five so he can make the cut, signs for it. Uh, his playing partners call him out on the discrepancy. He says there is no discrepancy, he, and he leaves with the signed card. And later that evening, his, uh, his better judgment and his conscience uh, you know, gets the better of him, which is, I think, a good thing. And he apologizes and uh, owns up the fact that uh, he's cheating. He's a member of PGA Tour Latino America. He's a member of PGA Tour Canada. You know, he's struggling to keep his, his status, trying to get a career going, trying to get the next level. Uh, sometimes, I guess, you know, you make weird decisions under pressure. And at the end of the day, when, when he had the chance to calm down, I, I look at this two ways. I'm, I'm a little shocked, Bob, at, at the initial uh, decision to do what he did. But I also kind of look at this cup half full that, you know what? When he had a chance to really sit about, think about this and, and get away from the, the heat of the battle, so to speak, his better judgment kicked in. And he owned up, he withdrew, and he, and he confessed to cheating and called it the worst decision of his life. Huge apology. And, Bob, I mean, if we could go back over the decades, and I don't, you know, we're not going to spill any names here on Golf Talk Canada, but you and I both know, because we've talked about this off the air on multiple occasions, we go back over the decades, especially back to the decades where there wasn't a camera on every hole for 72 holes of major golf championships. I think our listeners would be shocked at the names of, of known cheaters that you and I could do a list of. Well, I can give you this story uh, because I heard it from Jim Rutledge, who the guy who just went into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame was playing on the Asian Tour. And he was playing in a group that had Vijay Singh, and I believe they were playing in Vietnam, or anyway, wherever they were playing, they also had the, that country's amateur champion. They finished up their round, they went in, Jim was having something to eat, and the amateur came up to him and said, hey, I was just out looking at the scoreboard, and Vijay Singh had a four on the last hole, didn't he have a six? And so they went, and they have certainly uh, called him out, there was some sort of a dispute, and the same situation, Vijay who at that point only owned two pairs of pants. He owned a black pair and a brown pair. That's all he had to his name. And he was, uh, he said that he had never changed it. Something happened. And anyway, it was a, he was banned from the tour for two years. And that's when he went to Borneo, believe it or not, and taught golf at a resort. There was no lessons to give. So he practiced and practiced. And that's where he got his regime of practicing. But he's obviously come back and made a career out of it. And he's never talked about it. But Jim Rutledge told me that story. So I, I trust Jim Rutledge. But you're right, and he's not the only one out there that's where that's happened. You know, uh, I say this often on our, on our show when we're talking about pressure situations. It was Peter Costas that always used to say the first thing a player does incorrectly when they're feeling pressure is make poor decisions. I think that can apply sometimes off the golf course as well as on the golf course. Uh, finally, Bob, in news and headlines, uh, Mike Perez passes away. Um, no reason uh, uh, or um, cause of death announced yet. Mike is the younger brother of Pat Perez, uh, was quite a good player, a junior golf legend uh, out on the West Coast uh, along with his brother, and uh, he's a younger brother, brother to Pat Perez. So always sad news when someone goes before their time. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the Perez family. And... Um, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully they can uh, get through. I'm sure the next uh, few weeks, months, etc., which is going to be a rough time for that for the Perez family. Okay, on the other side, Bob, Brooke Henderson, 
defending a major championship, looking for number three. What do we think about her chances? Who else in this field has a crack at a major? We'll chat it next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back, GTC. It is Zakito. It is Skull. Uh, excuse me, not Scully. It was Weeksy. Scully will be by later in the show. I'm still delirious from my eight-hour drive home last night, Bob, from Washington, D.C. You're a so. madman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Brooke Henderson defending her title, Bob, at the Evian. It's the fourth major of the five-major schedule, the Women's uh, Open, still to come. As you mentioned, uh, they're uh, on a European swing so to speak, right now. But I can't make sense of Brooke Henderson right now and her season. FanDuel odds right now are plus 3,400 for Brooke to repeat as champion. Uh, I need you to help me make some sense of this because I cannot. Um, coming off back-to-back miscuts for Brooke, looked pretty decent before the back-to-back miscuts at the U.S. Women's Open, so I'm not sure what was lost in translation when we left Pebble Beach. And I look at her statistically, and although she's not doing anything exceptionally well, when you look at her statistically in a snapshot of this season, she is not the best in the world statistically right now at anything, but she's also not bad at anything. She's kind of like the Patrick Cantley right now. Of the LPGA Tour, minus the uh, a couple of missed cuts, which Cantley, I think, has only missed one in, in this year. Um, two for the season. How, when you're doing everything good, when we're checking the good box, but not the great box across the board, how do you miss two cuts, and how do you get yourself into contention at a major where you're defending a title box? Well, first of all, one of those cuts is was the team event. She played with Lexi, and um, I think as good as those two players are, they're both very similar players. They're kind of power players, and so maybe they didn't mesh together as as a team. Maybe you need uh, you need like Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin, you know, and uh, guys who complement each other a little bit better than than those two. It's fun, but I don't really know. Maybe they wanted to get over to the UK a little early. We'll see, or France, I guess, where they are. But you're right about the the. Um, the numbers I pulled a few numbers off here, and you know they're, for instance, her her driving accuracy. So this year she's seventy three point four eight percent, which is seventy eighth. Last year seventy eight point nine one, she was thirty first. Uh, greens and regs seventy point four nine. This year's twenty seventh, very respectable. Last year though she was fifth with a number of seventy six point three two. Her putting average is essentially the same twenty nine point eight two last year twenty or this year twenty nine point nine five this uh, last year. So they're, you know, fractions. Um, and the the scoring average is the one that sort of 
tweaked for me because she loves to – she wants – one of her goals, she's told me many times, is to get her scoring average under 70. So last year, 69.51. She was fourth. This year, her scoring average is 70.89, so almost 71. So that's – it's a shot and a half difference. And, you know, for – if you took those numbers and gave them to Maddie Zarek – She'd be happy. She'd be fine with a lot of those numbers, right? It's just a question of mm-hmm. we expect so much of Brooke. She has played so well over the years. And this is the anomaly right now as to why has her game, as you said, dropped from, from great to good or even very good in certain cases. And I don't know what the answer is there. I don't know if Brooke knows what the answer is. You kind of talk to her, and she's looking at the glass half full. Most of the time, the mm-hmm. conversations I've had with her this year, it's it's always... Um, oh, yeah, I haven't had a top 10 in a major. But you know what? I've had three top 25s, which isn't bad either. So you, you don't, I, I really don't have an answer for you as to why she's not playing as well as she can but, or as well as she has used, we're used to seeing her play. But um, this week could turn things around. All she has to do is, is win a major, and then you've got a, a two-win season, and that's remarkable. You forget about the other events. You remember the two wins. I'll throw something at you right now just quickly. We've only got a couple of minutes left here, but I'll toss something at you. Just listening to the numbers, listening to the way you broke it down from last year to this year, if Brooke Henderson hit somewhere between four to six more greens per tournament, right now you you gave me her greens and red. The only thing that's – I'm looking at like a discrepancy from last year to this year. She's 27th in greens and regulation versus fifth last year. So that's somewhere in my head. I'm saying I'm going to call it somewhere between four to six more greens across 72 holes is probably that jump. That's not a huge jump. It's given herself a few more looks. If she can be in the top 10 in greens and regulation this week at the Evian Masters, that tells me she's going to have a chance to win. Do you think that's... A like a plot, a likable, uh, a plausible scenario. Very much so. You know, she, she took a lot of heat for how, for her putting over the years. The one thing that hasn't dropped off is her putting. Her putting has stayed basically the same as it was in the last couple of years. So I think you're right. If she hits one green, one extra green around, maybe one and a half extra greens around, I, I think she could do it. Now this golf course, I will say, you got to hit it in the fairway off the tee. There's a lot of long rough. It's not necessarily a big long hit, long ball hitter. So maybe she can hit a few more. She doesn't like to hit anything other than a driver off the par fours or fives off the tee. And she does have two par fives in the last four hole, which she can reach. So I, I think this golf course, if she can put the ball in the fairway off the tee, can really set up for some, for some, for, for a good week for Brooke Anderson. All right, we will see. It all starts on Thursday, her title defense of the major championship, the Evian Masters. And uh, we'll see if Brooke can just find that little bit extra that Bob and I were referring to there, just a couple of more greens. Now, what is wrong with Justin Thomas? And what is on the line for Justin Thomas? Is He has put a late addition on the calendar, not scheduled to play Minnesota until about a week ago. All of a sudden, he's playing Minnesota. We'll let you know why. And it might surprise you. He's on the outside looking in on a couple of really big lists right now. This is a big week for JT. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. 
Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back. Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks, the 3M, TPC Twin Cities, Minnesota. This has just traditionally been, Bob, a bit of a strange event. Uh, oh, let's think of the well, winners. Well, Tony Finau kind of kicked off a crazy run here last year. Um, Wolf winning his first PGA Tour event here as well. I mean, it's a weird event. It's kind of like leaning towards the end of the year and you kind of find guys trying to maybe save their season here quite often. And that, and that kind of brings me to Justin Thomas. Uh, he was not supposed to play this event. Justin Thomas right now, Bob, is 75th on the FedEx Cup points list, as well as 14th on the Ryder Cup points list. Uh, let's start with that Ryder Cup. Let's assume that Justin Thomas does not do does not make the playoffs and he is exactly where he is right now can you see in any way shape or form Justin Thomas being added to that Ryder Cup team as a captain selection I think Zach Johnson would have to be uh not to do that you know if you had asked me that a year ago, I might have said, yeah, because I think they can get away with it because I think the U.S. team is so dominant that they could have a, you know, for lack of a better term, one of their buddies play on the team. They could hide an 11th guy or a 12th guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can do that anymore. I don't think it's so a, such a, a, a lopsided um, card right now. I think the European guys have shown that they have a few players who can play. They might not have the depth yet, but there's, they can surprise some people. So I don't know if you can really put it on there. And the, and the other thing for me is if you're Justin Thomas, you're looking, you know, we all know in the match play, one of the keys is great putting. And Justin Thomas is not great putting right now. He is, he is I'm like looking at it just right now, uh, Bob. terrible. 159th on the PGA Tour, giving an average away of every event he plays negative 0.293. He is strokes gain putting total on the season, negative 16.717 across 57 rounds. This is horrific. This is putting with a blindfold. This is Scotty Scheffler bad. This is Rory with a chance to win bad, with the exception of two holes at the Scottish Open. I mean, but for some reason, I mean, this has really affected JT. Rory and Scotty are just so elite in terms of ball striking. They seem to get away with it, although it almost cost Scotty a miscut at the Open Championship. Got in by the skin of his teeth. I'm hoping that shakes up the Scheffler camp. We'll see. But Justin Thomas knows there's a lot on the line this week. Let's hear from Justin Thomas, who just added the 3M to his schedule. I feel like I really feel like great things are coming. I mean, obviously, I've had not very many results or not much positives to show of it. But um, you know, I've uh, I played I played a lot better golf than than I feel like the the scores and, and finishes have, have shown. I mean, it was just a couple events ago. You know, in the Travelers, I finished the top ten when it was kind of 
somewhat. I mean, obviously Keegan was kind of running away from it, but very easily could have been a you know a top two, three, four, five finish. But um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of things pretty well. I just you know I got to kind of just get over that hurdle and and feel like um, I'm very very close. I, I am and just got to you know hopefully this is the week that it all clicks and comes together. At the Scottish Open, Bobby was putting left-handed low. I didn't have a chance to notice what he was doing at the Open. Did he stay left-hand low at the Open? Did you did you see that at all? Or I I didn't notice that. No, I I didn't see that. But um, but he shot around in the eighties for the second major in a row, <laughs> and uh, that's a little that's a little uh, <laughs> there, so there's shaky, that <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so there is that, and I don't know. I mean, look at the the FedEx numbers are ridiculous for him. S- since he was eligible, 16th, 47th. Then he went third, third, fifth, third, sixth. And now he's not even, you know, he's he's on the outside looking in. And not only is he added, 75th. not only is he added Minnesota, but he's at, he's added Wyndham. He's going to play next week as well. Right, I mean, which is our unless finals. he wins this week. He's got two weeks. He has two weeks to save his year, basically, to make it to the FedEx Cup, and then give himself an opportunity to make it to the Ryder Cup. Now, Tony Finau is our defending champion. Tony in a much different scenario in the sense that Tony's had a decent year. Most of it came early uh, in the season. He's 10th in the FedEx Cup, Tony, but he's 19th in the Ryder Cup standings. And I think that speaks to Tony's performance basically of the last, say, four, five, six months have not been great. Uh, Didn't really bring it at majors the way we've, maybe expected him to bring it in main events. Right now, Tony Finau is 19th in the in the Ryder Cup. He's not even close. There is no way that Tony Finau is going to be added to this team. For Tony Finau to be added to the Ryder Cup team, Zach Johnson would have to skip over Max Homa, Cameron Young, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns, all those players that have had I, you know, and then of course Justin Thomas X, but I can't see Zach Johnson keeping one of those players off this team to add Tony Fina, who's kind of just kind of just plugging along at 19th. He is the defending champion. Before we grab your thoughts, Bob, on Tony and why he hasn't been able to use last year's run to a springboard, let's hear from the defending champion, Tony Fina. Yeah, well, last year uh, going in, I think I just finished 25th at the open championship i made the cut on the number and made an important putt just to make the cut so i took some confidence from that i think right into this week last year um this year a little different uh my last couple starts have been missed cuts so not in the form that i would have liked to to be defending this week but um every week is a new opportunity and um you know i'm hoping that this will you know start another trend of, of great golf uh for the rest of the season he's a streaky guy bob I mean, it's hard to argue that, that this there's not many guys with as much natural talent as Tony Finau. And plus, he's got like an extra 20, 30 yards in the tank whenever he feels like it. He just, you know, he's got that much natural ability. Why, what holds him back? Why is it so difficult for Tony to, to kind of take that next step in your mind? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, he's never really threatened in major championships. He's, you know, he's got some good results, but I don't think I've ever sort of thought of him as being a guy who's going to slip on a green jacket. And it took him a while to kind of get those 
over that hump to get those wins, and he got a couple. He, you know, he had chances. I think of that playoff at Riviera with Max Homa, where he he basically had a great opportunities to win there. And I don't know if there's, in some cases, a clutch factor that's missing from him. Uh, he did play well at the last Ryder Cup. I think he's he's a guy that they would like to I, like to have on the team. It's interesting to me that when you were going through that, I was thinking, if I'm Zach Johnson, do I and I have a pick that I've got to kind of throw out there? Would I pick JT over? Tony or Tony over JT. And that's an interesting way to think. And you look at some of those guys that, as you said, that you got to bypass. And how do you bypass a guy like Keegan Bradley, who's won twice this year? How do you bypass uh, Ricky Fowler? You know, who's, yeah, it's, it's just there's, there's guys on there who are more deserving than these two players. But I, I would look more at Tony Finau right now than I would look at, at, uh, uh, Justin Thomas for some reason. I don't really have a feeling other than gut gut feeling on that one well well the other thing too though bob is that tony doesn't need a good week this week or next week and i don't even know if he's in the field next week at Wyndham. he's already in the playoffs so tony has the opportunity to do what he did a couple years ago he won the opening playoff event at the barclays back when we used to have four in liberty at liberty national in new york so he can still have a good playoff run and take advantage of the you know the Billy Horschel rule as you, you remember the year that Billy Horschel was a you know FedEx Cup champion and the picks were already made and, and whatnot for for the national team so that that should you know Tony's got that upper hand already on Justin Thomas and and has an opportunity to still work up this Ryder Cup board as well as the FedEx Cup standings and potentially get it done at Eastlake. Uh, is this a fair question, Bob? You use the word closing. Like, doesn't have that kind of fire. Does Tony just, is he too nice? Does he lack the fire in the belly to take the next step? Because I can't give you a physical reason why he can't elevate. So I'm looking elsewhere. And he is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. And there's a lot of things more important to Tony than golf. He is a wonderful family man, travels with his family everywhere. Is it just that? Is it just that if you traditionally look at the best golfers of all time and often the best golfers in the world of this time, they can be prickly. Look at John Rahm last week. Yeah. You know, Tiger wasn't warm and fuzzy. Jack would have never been, uh, you know, uh, singled out as too nice back in the day. Could it simply be that just Tony needs to light a fire a little bit? <laughs> you were, you used the word prickly. I was going to think of a shorter version of that word uh, when describing some of those guys. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, I think you're right. Tony is so, so nice. He's just smiling all the time. He'll always stop for an interview. He always kind of asks you how you're doing. And, and uh, you know, he loves to come to uh, the RBC Canadian Open because he goes to this Chinese food restaurant in uh, North York that he loves. And, and for some reason, it's just just kind of a neat guy and he does he has a big family he loves them all he's you know travels with them as you said and there may be something to that there may be something where he just doesn't get into that that mental toughness role at the at the closing stretch of any tournament so you know it's it's hard to sort of say that because you don't know what's going on inside his head so I, I don't know but I I think a lot of people have a lot of time for Tony and um, and he has a lot of time for other people as well but there's just something there that is keeping him from being that cutthroat uh, guy going down the stretch. 
Bob, six Canadians in the field this week at TPC uh, River Highlands, excuse me, TPC Twin Cities at the Minnesota 3M Open. On the other side, I want to know who Bob likes out of our half a dozen red and whites looking for a PGA Tour event. Who knows? Maybe we add another winner. Uh, Penrith in the field. Hughes in the field. Could be a second win for Hughes. And I like Adam Hadwin. We'll find out who Bob likes on the other side. We'll also tee up our two. And we'll also let you know how you can win a Stealth 2 Plus driver this week. 20 weeks tailor-made. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. We only have a few weeks left. If you haven't signed up, uh, it's free to enter. It is free to play. It's a fantasy golf pool. We give prizes away each week, and then it doesn't matter how many weeks you play. As long as you get in once, you're in the grand prize, which is a custom set of TaylorMade's top to bottom through the bag. Um, I mean, you get treated like Rory for a day and walk out with a full stacked set of gear from our friends at TaylorMade, as well as a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic, five-star golf resort, Pete Dye, Teeth of the Dog, wonderful, wonderful place. Grand prize alone is around $10,000 in value. We've been giving away 40000 across 20 weeks, just absolutely crazy, crazy. Go to golftalkcanada.com, golftalkcanada.com. And sign up right now for the 3M Open Minnesota. Put in a fantasy team. It's fun to play. It's free. We're giving away a Stealth 2 Plus driver, and we've got a few weeks left to participate. Okay, Bob, six Canadians in the field at the 3M. Hernsey Plant, Michael Glickick, Taylor Pendrith, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, and who am I for Adam Svensson. Now, Svensson and Hughes already with the win this season. Penrith has played some good golf across the summer, better as of late. I like Hadwin. I think Adam is, is he looked really good there for a while. He's starting to play some very consistent golf. I think he's chomping at the bit. Who do you like out of Team Canada this week? Yeah, I like Adam Hadwin too. And uh, I think you can go back and look at his, uh, his track record here. It's pretty good. He's got a couple of top tens in this tournament. Nothing. He didn't have it last year, but he did have a fourth and a sixth. Last year he was tied for 38th. But I think he's playing pretty well. And I think, I think there's a little, just in talking to him over the last couple of weeks, there's a little bit of a, you know, I want to be a, get my second win with these guys too. And, and I think he's found a nice little groove. He didn't play the last few weeks. He's been home. He's been relaxing. He's... He was the second alternate to get into the Open Championship, and I know he was a little disappointed in that. He said he wasn't going to fly over unless he became the first alternate, but even the first alternate didn't get in, so it was a wise choice, <laughs> I think. But I do like his game, and I like the way he's putting right now. Uh, if you saw what he did in, in Detroit, you know, he's perfect, uh, really, on the greens. He was solid. I think he does need to hit a few more fairways. That's the one part of his game. Uh, at this golf tournament, I think you can get away with it a little more. They're a little wider than, than most... Most tour stops, so this might be the perfect setting for him to not. 
You know, Bob, it's funny. When we were in Detroit, um, it was, he told me that that was a tough time of year for him and that he's normally not used to playing this well this time of year. Yet for some reason, and if you look at him statistically over the last few few years, it, he does play well at, you know, in, in Valspar, at, at American Express that time of year. And the summer has been tough for Adam. So I wonder what's changed for, for him. I wonder why the reset, because I don't want to use the word surprise, but for lack of a better, for lack of a better word, he felt or he sounded surprised to me that he was playing well in July in the PGA Tour calendar season. I wonder if it's, if it's a mental hurdle or, but he certainly was not, I don't want to say he's not expecting this run, but he said, this is a hard time of year for me. Interesting, isn't it? I'm just looking at his numbers uh, tournament by tournament here right in front of me. He had a, a poor week at the John Deere Classic, but uh, at, you know, at Rocket Mortgage, he had, it looks like his best putting performance of the year, 2.39. And you go through and you see, you know, he's, he's on the positive side on almost every stat except for off the tee where he's a little bit leaky there. But, but if you go back and, and look at uh, the time through Valspar when he normally plays pretty well, that's the part where maybe it wasn't quite as sharp. But, um, but you're right. I don't know if there's anything to it, if he's changed anything, if he's changed his clock. If he's, I don't know what it is. Golf's such a weird game, right? I mean, you can find something all at once and... Uh, how many times have you seen a guy, you know, miss a cut and come back the next week and win a tournament? It's it's so unusual. But I do think that uh, that Adam's numbers are starting to show that what what you just said, Mark, in that, you know, this time of year, he's suddenly playing well. Uh, before we go to break, uh, coming up in hour two, we've got uh, Micah Morris, who is a social media YouTube golf influencer, something like 750,000 followers. And he's got a, a, a sponsor's exemption into TPC Osprey Valley at PGA Tour Canada this week. And Adam had a chance to touch base with him and chat about, you know, how how he got into this, how the YouTube following, etc. And, and now this opportunity to play on PGA Tour Canada. We'll run that for you. Because we were at Glen Abbey, Bob, on Saturday, you and I, um, we're going to take a look back at the Caddy Time Open because I was out there and uh, Caddy Time, a partner of, of Glen Abbey and Clublink, and now servicing the Clublink membership. And uh, we'll run that for you. Then Adam's going to join us. We're going to jump in with our uh, TSN Edge picks for the 3M Open and, and chat a little with Adam before we call it a day. Before we go to break, this is a good opportunity to uh, give a heads up here on where we are on FedEx Cup because six Canadians in the field. Let's take a look at FedEx Cup standings and more importantly, where our Canadians are. Rob holding on to a very, very narrow lead over Scotty Scheffler, then Rory McIlroy third, Holma fourth, Wyndham Clark fitting, uh, sitting fifth, Brian Harmon now has vaulted the sixth in the FedEx Cup, Victor Hovland, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, and Tony Fina. That rounds out your top ten. Bob, our highest Canadian, no surprise, Nick Taylor sitting there in number 12, Looking really pretty right now in a good spot. Of course, when we get to the playoffs, the, the point values double, so you need to play well. Corey Connors in 29th. Svensson and Hadwin, 36th and 37th. Hughes, 44th. We've got five Canadians inside the top 50 on the FedEx Cup. Of course, the top 70 make it. The top 50 go to the BMW Championship. So those five in excellent, excellent condition. Uh, Taylor Pendrith needs to get it going and needs to start now. He's at 100 on, 108th at the moment 
on the outside looking in for Taylor Pendrith. Okay, on the other side, we're going to talk with the golf influencer, YouTuber, Micah Morris. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Hour 2 GTC. Zakito. it is week. Scully going to be by at the bottom of the hour. We got our TSN edge picks for the 3M Open. We'll get to that. But Adam, earlier this week, Micah Morris, he is a professional golf, YouTube golf. No, his title is this. I checked out his title, Bob. Check out. Have you ever heard this title before? Professional YouTube golfer is his title. Didn't even know I, that was a thing. <laughs> I, I must admit, I didn't know Micah Morris until we're, we're old, of course. But I went looked uh, looked at some of his stuff last night. Four hundred and forty-five thousand followers, and uh, he's obviously a talented golfer. You can see by some of the shots he hits, and it's he's kind of an intriguing guy. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm I'm actually interested to learn a little bit more about him. Yeah, me too. He hits it an absolute mile. Has done some really cool stuff on social media with some big names in the world of golf. And he's playing this week under a sponsor's exemption, TPC Osprey Valley on PGA Tour Canada, and he had a chance to sit down with Adam. Now joining us, one of the most followed golfers on social media, Micah Morris, joins us here on Golf Talk Canada. Micah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, This is really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Cool. Well, we're having you on the show because you've received an exemption into the Osprey Valley Open on PGA Tour Canada. First of all, how did that all come to be? Um, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild. It still doesn't quite f- feel real. Um, I, it's actually been my kind of one of my goals. I think I think I actually wrote it down at the beginning of the year was to get a sponsor's exemption into in like a big event. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but um, it's just been something that I've talked to my team about. Um, and I think just through mutual connections from my agent, Joe, um, the, the Osprey Valley reached out and they presented the opportunity and they kind of wanted to, they asked for kind of a content strategy around how we could, you know, help promote the tournament, the golf courses. And so we put something together and uh, we sent it back to them and, they accepted it and honestly it just feels really cool i mean being a youtuber being someone who is you know i am aspiring to play golf at the highest level this has been it's been quite the journey into to now like be stepping into this and and having a sponsorship exemption into a big event just it feels awesome and i feel extremely thankful for the opportunity 
That's great, man. Now, I know you were in Calgary a couple of weeks ago. Have you been to the mm -hmm. golf course here or have you been in the Toronto area before? Uh, not Toronto. No, I, I was in Calgary, um, played Mickelson national. Um, and just, I mean, incredible time. The golf course was amazing and even made it over to Banff Springs mm -hmm. and what, what an experience. I mean, I love the golf there and I love like cooler weather. So that was a plus too. Yeah, totally. Now, I know you were there with uh, Mac Boucher as well, who we had on our show about three weeks ago or so. Uh, what's your relationship <laughs> like with him, another fellow uh, now YouTuber and overall yeah. a big influencer on social? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when he started on Instagram, I remember like seeing his stuff and he was growing really quickly and we started following each other. And I can't remember exactly when the first time, actually the first time I met him was like in person was about um, a little over a month ago at a place called Purcell Farms. Um, and that was my first time meeting him, you know, in person. And I mean, just an incredible guy. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know him. He's just, he's super authentic and he just does what he loves and he doesn't really care what people think. And I think that's one thing that just like, I really like about him and just, just a really, really cool guy. And he's very talented and hits some crazy golf shots. He, did he show you how to hit that little slinger? Because he showed me, and I, I, I'm i a three handicap. I'm nowhere near that, the level you guys are. But <laughs> to pull off that slinger, it's it's a, it's it's a good shot to have on the course. Has he showed you how to hit the same shot? Um, yeah, I mean, he's walked me through it, and I've watched him hit it so many times. And I, I just, like, the, uh, the his ability to to create just what he does with his hands at in at the bottom of the golf swing is just it's unmatched and it was actually we played in the Mickelson Invitational together and there was a three-hole stretch and I don't think anybody had it on film but there's a three-hole stretch is the three hardest holes on the golf course um and he played those three holes using driver only <laughs> um he played a par three a par four and another par four and it was I mean I don't know anybody else who could do that he's just so talented yeah he's uh he, he's a lot of fun to watch uh watch that's for <laughs> sure now uh you mentioned you're a youtuber and for those who maybe haven't seen you on social or haven't heard of you you have you know over three hundred thousand followers on instagram four hundred fifty thousand youtube subscribers how did this all get started for you um well first off i never really imagined myself being a youtuber um when i started on social media it was just on Instagram, it was in 2015, and me and my cousin Garrett started an account called GM Golf. It was Garrett Micah Golf at the time, and we just started doing trick shots on Instagram, and it was just purely for fun, and it started to grow. There was like, it started to get a little bit of traction, um, and then it, you know, that was probably did that for about a year, and then I finished college and ended up moving away. And kept pursuing golf. Like, I just, I knew that I wanted to play golf. Um, and so I moved away for a couple of years. And then Garrett kind of got into the YouTube space, you know, continued to grow. And so in the, so just the social media golf. Um, and then he actually asked me to come back and, and join him on the YouTube channel, which is now known as GM Golf. It always has been. But um, so I did that for um, a couple of years and just had a ton of fun growing with him um and then ended up starting my own channel um it's been it was august of 2020 i think it was when i posted my first youtube video on my channel and 
didn't really know what it would become. I just knew that I was passionate about golf and I was passionate about, you know, competing. And so I just put out content. Um, we started a business. I was, I was with a business called good, good mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, had a great time, learned a lot, grew a ton and, you know, just <clears throat> a lot of areas and ended up stepping away from that to just going back on my own. And now, I mean, couple years of doing YouTube and just had so much fun with it and just kind of documenting my process of learning how to get better at golf and and hopefully you know continuing to do that and taking it to the highest level that I can be and I don't know exactly what that is yet but I you know fully intend to find out and whatever level it does take me to um, I've always said that it's just it's it's more about who you become on the journey than it is like the destination so that's kind of where I'm at and I just I love what I do. Oh, that's, that's very well said. So a, a big part now that you have this reach, this audience is you have equipment companies reach out and say, Hey, want, we want mm-hmm. you using our product. And that's where TaylorMade mm-hmm. comes into play. Now, TaylorMade is a sponsor of our show as well. How meaningful has your relationship with TaylorMade been? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, probably one of the coolest things is when I, when, when I was in college, I had a, one of the M2 drivers and I hit it for probably four years I could not get rid of it and like when I started YouTube it was the only driver that I used and it was it was truly incredible and I I didn't really ever know if a partnership with TaylorMade would be possible because obviously they're one of the biggest in the world they have Tiger Roy like they it's just it's a massive company and so it was kind of it was always a dream you know to be with TaylorMade and then it was about kind of rounding out last year the conversation started and it was just like, it was pretty like surreal, honestly, to, to even just like started that conversation. And then we walked through how it would look and what it would look like. And, you know, we found something that worked for both of us and it's, it's been so much fun. The the people at TaylorMade are really, really cool. They have been, I feel like they've just went to great lengths to make sure that I have what I need and everything that I have is the best for me in order to help me get better. And it's been really cool. And I think that, you know, even just to eventually hopefully get access to some of the players and do some videos with them. And one of my, one of my dreams is to do a a long drive contest against Rory. So um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I've, I've talked to him and just, it's just really neat. Like to think of going from, you know, starting out on social media and just doing things that were, you just never really think it's going to happen until it happens. And then, you know, it's here and I'm getting to experience things that I never thought I would. So it's really cool. Well, you mentioned the long drive there with Lori. Now to give our audience a bit of a behind the scenes here. So when we shot our TaylorMade product special this past January, you were actually there the day before. And when we were speaking with Trotty and some of the guys there at the kingdom, which is golf paradise, as you know, Mm -hmm. they had you lining up, diagonally on the range so your balls would actually stay on the property is it do i do i have that right <laughs> yeah it was so i hit a couple balls and then trotty looks at me and he goes i think we're gonna have to rearrange this and so we <laughs> we had to go back and far into like <clears throat> the left corner and then we were hitting all the way to the right corner and i think i was still hitting some of them like over the fence which i think there's a road back there but it was pretty fun i mean Trotty got me so dialed with my driver and, you know, got me in a combination that just, it's an absolute rocket launcher, but yeah, it, it, I was hitting it pretty far. 
<laughs> and that's the TaylorMade Stealth 2 and all the products there yeah. with uh, with Taylor mm -hmm. Bay. Now getting back mm -hmm. to next week at the Osprey Valley Open. Uh, how is your preparation going? How is the game feeling right now? Uh, it feels good. I have uh, I've played some really good rounds off camera. Um, I've actually spent a lot of time with my coach, Jeff Leishman, um, just <clears throat> really creating a plan um, to be able to go into the event knowing that I'm as prepared as I can be um looking at the golf course kind of breaking it down to figure out how to fit you know make it fit my game as best as possible and and yeah I think just creating a plan and then sticking to that plan you know every day that I play is going to be very important for me and and not getting ahead of myself uh my my caddy who's going to be with me Austin Bilner he's caddied for me in a lot of events when I lived in Texas and I think the biggest thing is I just want to go out there and have fun. I want to make the most of this opportunity. I want to learn as much as I can. Um, and I'm just very excited. I feel like it's a, it's a really cool step for me in my golf career. And I think the experience that I'm going to get from it is, you know, it's priceless. Certainly going to be priceless and something you'll never forget. And hopefully it leads to more opportunities like this. Micah, thanks so much for your time today and all the best at the Osprey Valley Open. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And uh, I really appreciate it. There you have it. Uh, Micah Morris with uh, Adam Scully going to be playing in the Osprey Valley Open up at TPC Osprey Valley. Um, it's so interesting, Bob, when I see, like, we, you know, well, we, I had a, a, a personal experience recently like this, I guess, to my point. What I was going to suggest is, you know, when you're out there having fun with your buddies and you're out there doing cool things for this or that, um, that's the game of golf in one in one way. And then when you're in front of a bunch of people trying to hit a golf shot live on camera, it is a nerve-wracking experience. Now, I used to play some tournament golf, but that was a lifetime ago. And I don't, you know, I've barely played at all this year, as you know. And when I got asked to hit that sandwich at uh, Glen Abbey, I was like, oh my, I'm like, I was like, I haven't felt nerves like that hitting a golf shot. I couldn't even tell you how long. And it, it is very much a different sport, especially if you don't do it on the regular. I think if you play a lot of tournament golf and you're used to playing in front of a bunch of people and you do it every week, eventually it just becomes how you play golf. And I think you can deal with the situation and it becomes the same old, same old until you're on the back nine on Sunday trying to win a championship. And then you've got nerves for a different reason. A gentleman like this is kind of changing his universe this week and going to play in in a in a four-day ideally a four-day professional golf tournament and it was one of his goals and it's going to be interesting to see how this skill set translates yeah it's one thing from being sort of an exhibition golfer which uh, i i mean that in a positive way for what he's doing he pulls off some incredible shots some long drives and things but it's it's a totally different kettle of fish to me than when you got to play 18 holes and put the ball in the cup 18 times, right? So I think it's fascinating what he's done and what he's achieved, and I'm really interested to see if if he can make it translate into a tournament situation. He talked about how this was kind of his dream situation, and he had his team, which I didn't know he had a team, but he has his team kind of arrange and work on getting this exemption into this tournament. Um, so I think it's a cool story. I think, uh, you know, I didn't know much about Micah Morris, but I'm going to be following him. And that's, I guess, 
if you're the Osprey Valley Open, you know that there's a lot of people who will be checking in to see what he's doing, even if they're not able to come out and watch him live. It's all about the eyeballs. He's going to bring eyeballs with him for sure. Okay, on the other side, we again, we were at Glen Abbey on Saturday. Uh, Glen Abbey hosted the first time uh, Caddy Time Open, now Caddy Time in Canada. Uh, partner of the PGA of Canada, partner of uh, now Clublink, and Scott Raycraft and I touched base a few uh, months ago, uh, actually about a month ago on the button at that Caddy Time Open. We'll take a look back at Caddy Time and their partnership uh, with Clublink on the other side. Then Adam Skelly going to jump in uh, sometime a little later in the show. We still got TSN Edge Picks. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Again, uh, Bob and I, out at Glen Abbey. It was funny, Bob, when you and I were sitting there at that third tee getting ready for the Michael Block Michelob Ultra Hole Challenge, um, I was thinking all the cool things we've done at Glen Abbey over the years. I know, you know, obviously you've been out there many years handing out trophies for the Canadian Open, uh, doing uh, a Canadian Hall of Fame, hosting the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame inductions over the years. Um, of course, the Golf Canada Golf House is there. Uh, you and I were standing on the third tee a few years ago and talking to Jack Nicholas, and we had shooting hockey pucks in a net, and we had... A, I remember the, the biggest surprise I ever had. I don't know if you'll remember this. You and I were standing there, and Rory Sabatini was picking uh, picking corners and ringing it off, picking posts. I'm going to ring this one off the crossbar. Boom. This is it. And I said, how does a South African know how to shoot a hockey? Do you recall that, how good he was with the stick and the puck? I do. There was, there was a couple of guys who sort of sh- shocked me. Uh, and some who didn't. I knew Roger Sloan was ridiculous. He is. He was a uh, highly ranked junior player. Corey Connors, the same thing, highly ranked. Uh, and I don't remember what Rory Sabatini's response was to that. I do. Rem- I do remember. No. You know who the worst one was, and, and he played along pretty well. Was Dustin Johnson. So I had him shoot a puck at the net. It didn't go very well. <laughs> and then, and then he turned around to the camera and said. See, see, Wayne, I can, I can shoot pucks or something. Like, yeah, call out to Wayne Gretzky. But his, his wife was uh, shot one, and she was really good, actually. She, she had played a little bit of hockey, apparently, so she had a good snapshot. But I don't, what, what, was, the, what was Sabatini's response? Well, Rory just kind of gave us the wink and didn't even acknowledge that he, he surprised us. He, he did not even give us an answer, and he went off and walked off to the green and rolled his putt and... As far as uh, Mrs. Dustin Johnson goes, that's just DNA, Bob. That is just good hockey yeah. DNA. Okay, well, earlier I was out earlier in the year. I was out of Glen Abbey for the Caddy Time Open. Caddy Time official partner of uh, Club Lake, trying to get people walking again, trying to service memberships, public golf courses. 
um, and, and getting North Americans out of golf carts. I had the opportunity to speak with Scott Raycraft from Club Link. Uh, let's go back to the Caddy Time Open. All right, Scott, thanks so much again for taking the time. Exciting day here, Caddy Time Open. Uh, let's just start with the partnership. You know, from a Club Link perspective, uh, why the offering now? Why is this a good call for 2023? A lot of a lot of layers to it. Over the last three years, golf has really exploded in popularity, as I think we have all seen. Uh, that's one of the few uh, few benefits that we've seen from the pandemic is people just wanted to get outside and play golf, spend time with their friends, um, and it hasn't stopped. So it's just continued. So we've been looking at ways to enhance experience for both. Um, our members, obviously, and our daily fee players and our corporate event players uh, to keep them interested, to try to keep uh, the people that, that started playing golf over the last, you know, three, five, ten years, uh, keep them interested, uh, you know, try to be a leader in, in terms of innovation um, and, and really continuing to grow, to grow the sport. You know, it's funny because, you know, when people hear caddy, they automatically just picture what they see on TV. But from a club link perspective and a golf course operations perspective, you're thinking about service. How can we provide something different or offer maybe a little elevated experience for the day? Absolutely. It's all about the experience and elevating that experience for anybody that comes to our properties to play golf. Um, and the Caddy Time uh, app, uh, Caddy Time itself, having caddies allows us to offer that enhanced experience. Just something that's a little bit different, um, whether it's entertaining clients or playing in a club championship um, in terms of improving your game um, as well. Not just improving your experience, but, in, but improving your game. Um, it can offer that to, uh, to players as well. So we're really excited about um, uh, how this plays out this year. We know exactly uh, how it will. Our members will have, have a great time with it. Um, we, we hope it's uh, extremely popular and, and everybody takes advantage of it. You're definitely the leader in the, in the corporate golf landscape and tournament landscape in the country. Can you see this fitting into your offering in a tournament package, corporate package, etc.? 100%. Whether it's whether it's charity or or corporate, uh, it would be a fantastic add-on uh, to any event. Just in terms of again offering that fun and unique experience, but also one of the things that we have found over the last three years that people really enjoyed some of the changes that we had to make in golf. Um, pace of play uh, increased, or, or sorry, pace of play. People played golf faster, right. basically, over yeah. the last number of years, and that's become an important um, change in golf that is keeping people interested. So we feel that also having a caddy out at these events will keep things moving. It, you know, we have somebody to rake bunkers, to to fix ball marks, to uh, just say, hey, you know what, I think I think we're good. <laughs> we, can, we can pick up and move on, um, that type of thing, just to keep uh, pace moving. Pace is such an important part of uh, the experience of golf. Nobody wants to be out there forever um, and caddies are going to definitely help uh, uh, improve that part of the experience as well as just you know uh, corporate events people are trying to entertain clients getting out for the day and having fun sometimes it might only be one of you know four or five times they might be out for the year so why not uh, you know improve that experience for those that are that are getting out. And just to pick up on that quickly someone mentioned to me when we got here when we were talking about this we were saying you know what else helps is just almost like a runner like a waiter for the piece of play experience you know i'd love a hot dog or i'd love a beer but you know i don't want to go take the time to go do it this or that uh, having a caddy is almost like having a on-course concierge yeah absolutely somebody run ahead uh, head to the halfway house before you get there so that it's ready uh for you uh, just to continue on um halfway house is a is a great uh, addition to to playing golf obviously but it doesn't uh 
it doesn't improve uh, pace of play. So, so we're hoping that uh, that the caddies will help that from that perspective as well, from a food and beverage perspective. Scott, just before we let you go, I've got to ask you a little bit about Club Link and the fact that we're here at Glen Abbey. I'm so happy that this is a golf course. I'm so happy that we're here. I've had so many uh, iconic memories here over the years on this property. And uh, just what's up for Glen Abbey and what's uh, what's up for Club Link for 2023? Well, Club Link in general, we're always trying to uh, to figure out ways that we can you know, help to grow golf um, and improve uh, the experience for our membership and corporate event clients and daily fee. So we continue to, to you know, have our, our heads in that space and to come out of, you know, three amazing years for golf um, and just to try to continue to, to grow it. From Glen Abbey perspective, we've got um, a few projects on the go here. We have a bunker project on the go um, just to improve the bunkering as well, putting a new roof on the building, changing that iconic uh, uh, Cedar Shake roof. Um, which is no longer that efficient. Um, so we're putting on some new shingles on the roof. So we've got lots of lots of work uh, being done at Glen Abbey at the moment. Scott, thanks so much for time. Good luck with the season. Good luck with the partnerships. Exciting time. Should be a fun day. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us. There you have it. I was a listener. I, I did ask him something, Bob, a little off air that we cannot broadcast. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a guess of what I... you. Get, I'll give you one guess. So I'm at Glen Abbey. We're talking about iconic moments. What do you think I asked? Uh, you asked if your your wedge shot that went in the water was an iconic moment. Could that classify? Is that what you asked? <laughs> no. My, I wish. I asked, hmm, there seems to be a hole in our RBC Canadian Open schedule. And Glen Abbey is still a golf course. Hmm, do you think that Glen Abbey might host the 2025 RBC Canadian Open? I didn't get a yes. Well, that's... Uh, that's but I will tell you this. I, I did not get a no. Yeah, I've, I've heard plenty of rumors about that as a possibility. The, and, and almost out of default because where else are you going to go? I know Ray saw, he, he was there. We saw him on Saturday, Ray. I had a quick chat with him. Uh, he didn't. We didn't ask him that question, but that certainly is a uh, a good site for it. Even if the course may not be what it once was, but you have everything there. You know where everything goes. You got a range on site, and it would certainly be a uh, would not be terrible to have that golf tournament there. I, I can I can assure you that. Now we did. I, I should point out that there's also some rumors. Uh, we got a little date for the Canadian Open next year, which is going to be the week before the Memorial. That's what we're hearing. So it's going to the Memorial and the Canadian Open are going to flip, and it will. RBC has not <laughs> signed a contract, by the way. Their contract is up, but it'll be at least it'll be an RBC Canadian Open for at least one more year that we know of. And uh, I imagine once a few things kind of shake out um, with the PIF and the PGA Tour, that they may sign something a little longer. But uh, those are the stories on the on the street, as we say. Yeah, so much up in the air. Um, all right, Bob, I'm getting dinged by our producer and co-host, Mr. Adam Skelly. Uh, he is able to join us, and he is going to join us by phone coming up in our next segment, and we're going to do our TSN Edge Picks because why? It's time for the 3M, and we need to get back in the winner's circle. It's been a few weeks, and we have not picked a winner. Our time is now. We'll do it on the other side, TSN Edge Picks for the 3M Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Weeks, 3M Open, Minnesota. And joining us now to do our TSN Edge picks, our own Adam Scully. Skulls, what's going on, brother? Hello, gentlemen. Good to be with you this morning. Sorry I couldn't be there for the first 90, and thanks for holding down the fort. No, no, all good. Thanks for taking the time to jump in uh, because we desperately need a win, Adam. So yeah. I think, gents, we just go around the horn here. Uh, we'll start with our first-round pick. Let's go uh, Adam, Bob, Mark. We'll just go in order here. Scully, um, you desperately need a victory. Uh, even more so than Bob and I, you need to catch up here, young man. Uh, and this needs to be a week. You, we only, we don't have many weeks left. We have five weeks left in the season. Adam, where are you going, boss? Yeah, you're right about that, Mark. And you know, last week at the open, I had a couple of close calls. I saw with Rom, with Hovland, and Fleetwood, but it wasn't meant to be. But my first pick, anyway, for this week's 3M Open is a guy you guys were both very high on a couple weeks ago. And that's Ludwig Aberg. I mean, this is a guy who's very strong, stroke stained off the tee specifically. Uh, I know he missed the cut at the Genesis Scottish Open, but I'm putting that as a blemish. I really like Ludwig Aberg. And on FanDuel right now, his odds are around 28 to 30 to 1 right now. So I love the, uh, the value with him as well. I like him this week too, Adam. Uh, I, I will, I'll hold him back because he's not my, my first pick. Will he make my team? He could possibly. Uh, Bob, who are you going out of the gates? Your first pick. I'm going to go with Cam Young. And uh, I'm going, I'm basically my, my selections this week will be guys who are play, coming in on form. Cam's been in the top eight in his last two starts, including a tie for eighth at the Open. That's his second consecutive top ten there. He was runner-up, of course, last year. Uh, this tournament is known for being a bit of a birdie fest, and he is fourth on the PGA Tour in birdie average. So he makes a lot of birdies. The only problem is he has to limit the, uh, the ones on the other side of the ledger, and putting has been the one part of his game that's been holding him back. But I think even if he is lukewarm with his putter, then I think he has a chance. So Cam Young's my first pick. You know, you and I are thinking about this exactly the same way right now. Um, I'm going basically just on form at this point. Um, it's weird because there is a little bit of a horses for courses play in the sense that historically over the years here at, at TPC River Highlands, bombers have done very well. So you could just load up the bomber category and say, okay, I'm going to you know, go with bombers all week this week. But I'm going with guys playing well, guys kind of just so close to grabbing that win. The other thing that this course does very well, it's good to first-time winners in, in, historically in the past as well. So I am also starting my FanDuel picks with Cam Young. I'm with Bob. We're out of the gates with Young. Who do you like, Adam? Okay, I like that pick too, especially a guy looking for that first PGA Tour victory. But for me, pick number two, Lucas Glover, who his last three starts on the PGA Tour, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. He's been uh, excellent out the new putter, too, that broomstick putter after 
struggling with uh, self-admittedly having the yips for quite some time. Lucas Glover coming in, playing a lot of great golf. I'm expecting that to continue this week, plus 4,200 on FanDuel. You guys know me. I'm a little bold with my value selections from time to time, but I like him this week. Bob, let's go to you for your second pick here. Okay, I don't know if there's a hotter golfer in the game right now than Sepp Straka. His last two starts, he was second at the Open and he won at the Deer. So I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, indication that he's playing pretty well. He is also 22nd in greens in regulation. Now that's you know a little off the beaten track, but with all the top players who are ahead of him, a lot of them are not playing this week. So he's one of the better players in the in the field in greens and regulation. Uh, he's also 11th in the final round performance. So I think if he can get himself in contention. He might be tough to beat. Making his fourth start here, his best finish, he had a tie for 18th back in 2020. So Sepp Straka's on my card. I love the Sepp Straka pick, Bob. I desperately wanted to put Sepp Straka on my team, but I can't because I'm holding him back for Memphis. I think I mentioned this to you guys last week. I think when we get to Memphis, he's just playing so well. He almost got it done there last year. Uh, He's... I'd be shocked if I didn't have him on my team when I get to Memphis. I wanted to pick him this week. I didn't. I went with Adam's second pick, Lucas Glover. And I told you guys weeks ago, I went, Bob, is it my eyes uh, fooling me here? Or is Lucas Glover all of a sudden putting well? And, of course, Bob pulled the the numbers. He said, Mark, you're right. He's, He's putting his leaps and bounds better from a few weeks ago in Detroit. And, I mean, that was the club that was holding him back. And I thought to myself, it is just a matter of time uh, before he wins if he's putting as well as I think he is because his ball striking has never been a problem. Lucas Glover going to get a W at some point. I've got him as my second pick as well. So Adam and I both on Lucas Glover. Okay, Scully, your final pick. Okay, well, we've seen four Canadians win on the PGA Tour this season. I'm thinking a number five is just around the corner. My my third pick, Adam Hadwin, five top tens this season, two runner-ups. Mark, you were there in Detroit at Rocket Mortgage when Hadwin came up close. He's played a lot of great golf as of late. The motivation's going to be high for Hadwin. He's rested. He wasn't at the Open Championship at around plus 3,400 to on FanDuel. Look out for the Canuck Adam Hadwin, my final selection. Bob? I am going to go with Emiliano Grillo, who tied for sixth last week, had a good performance that I'm sure was uh, sure was something that caught Mike Weir's eye for the Presidential Cup. Uh, last three starts here, tie for second and a tie for third in his last three starts. He's had a tie for second and a tie for third. Now, he won, uh, he won a, a tournament back in uh, May at the Charles Schwab Challenge, and he's gone a little cold, but not bad. He's, he's eighth in total birdies on the PGA Tour. So remember I said this was going to be a birdie fest. He's had 344 birdies so far this year, which is a lot of birdies. Uh, he's also third in birdies on par threes, which I think is a cool stat. I think that could uh, could play into uh, into his hands this week, and he's. Uh, I just think that he's he's actually a guy again coming in with a with a warm putter and uh, with a a good performance last week at the Open. All right, and my final pick. I teased it off the top with Adam's pick. I'm going to go back to the Ludwig Aberg bandwagon. I'm I'm calling the miscut overseas uh, basically an anomaly. Uh, Ludwig going to get back on track here. 
first timers do well at TPC River Highlands. They they can you know maybe kind of pop the lid off the career here. Uh, he hits it a mile. We'll see if he can get it done. So a lot of duplicate picks this week, which is interesting. That's usually a sign of a weak field. Hmm. Let's see what gets done. I also like that Adam Hadwin pick because Bob and I, Adam, both thought that Hadwin was the Canadian to keep your eye on this week. Yeah. Scully, before we let you go, i got to ask you a question because Bob and I are going to talk a little European Ryder Cup on the other side before Ooh. we put a bow on today's show. Um, Justin Thomas right now, outside looking in. Added this week, added next week, trying to make it to the playoffs. If Justin Thomas does not find a way to make it to a playoff. Now, if Justin Thomas makes it to a playoff, he's going to give himself three more additional chances to make it to a Ryder Cup team. But if Justin Thomas cannot find something this week or next week and finds himself outside the top 70, Adam, in any way could you see Justin Thomas a part of the Ryder Cup team? Because I can't. Honestly, the only reason that I can is because it's on away soil for the U.S., and Justin Thomas did perform pretty well back at France in uh, 2018. He was one of the lone bright spots for the U.S., but he's got to show something. You know, we saw last week when he shot a 1,000 in the first round. He shot, you know, he's even par in the second round. He played a little better, you know, the top 10 of the Travelers uh, recently as well. So he's played some decent golf, but his, his year overall has just been bizarre. He, he needs to see something change, especially, you know, on the greens when strokes gain, he's outside 150th and strokes gain putting uh, right now on the PGA Tour. I think for Zach Johnson, he's going to do everything he can to have this guy on his squad. But if JT goes out and misses the cut the next two weeks, then I, I'm sorry, he can't make it for sure. Okay. Okay, so here we go. At the end of the uh, 3 a.m. Open this week, if Justin Thomas is still on the outside of the top 70, then next Monday on Golf Talk Canada Radio, I need to know from Adam Scully who is being left off the team to include Justin Thomas because that is a difficult choice. I like it. I like it. You You have my deal, absolutely. All right, you have a good one. We will talk to you uh, next Monday. And, of course, Golf Talk Canada TV coming up uh, uh, today as well. And we'll, uh, on the other side, let you know how you can watch GTC TV as well. Bob and I are going to put a bow on it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. If you missed GTC TV last night, you can get it today. 2 p.m. TSN 5, 4 p.m. TSN 2. Again, that's 2 p.m. on TSN 5 and 4 p.m on TSN2, Golf Talk Canada Television. We're back Monday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon for Golf Talk Canada Radio next week. Uh, Bob, before we 
call it a show here. We talk a lot of U.S. Ryder Cup, but I know last week, you know, you and I are maybe a little higher on the European Ryder Cup team's chances than others. I suggested there was going to be an upset on Roman soil in our year review last year. That's not as big of a call as I think it was then. Is it like now it's not as big of a prediction? Here are the top six. Now, I got a few questions for you here. So John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, and Robert McIntyre are your locks right now that are six. Assuming those six lock in, pretty good six, Rahm, McIlroy, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, and McIntyre. Here are your next, well, you've got to have six picks. So let me ask you, is Fitzpatrick a lock in your mind as a pick? Yep. Okay. Is Sepp Straka now a lock as a pick? I think so, yes. As do I. Is Shane Lowry a pick lock? I would take Shane Lowry. I think he's... He, I think he's one of those guys whose game rises up for this event. I would take him, no problem. I agree with you, and I think we're going to agree on the last one, and then it gets confusing. I believe now that Justin Rose is likely a lock for this team at the 10 spot on the team. Is he a lock? He's a lock because the next two picks are probably going to be guys who've never been there before. So you can always be good to have a little depth on guys who've been there, done that kind of stuff. So there you go. That's exactly where I was going. You and I see this exactly the same way. After that, I'm clueless. Are we going with the Polish Adrian <laughs> Moronk? We've got Seamus Power, who had such a bright start to the season, is completely faded. Alex Nord, can they squeeze an Italian onto this team on Roman soil? I don't see how they can. Bob, where are they going next? And because it is so clouded, here is my question. Because it is so clouded, could Ludwig Egberg find his way on this team? Possibly. I think he'd have to show something a little bit more. But, you know, we've seen in the last few President's Cups and Riders' Cups, we've seen a little bit of an outlier. I think Adrian Moronk's going to be on the team. I think he is, um, he's, man, I don't know if you, I saw him at, at the RBC Canadian Open. This guy hits the ball so far, and that's an asset. So I think he's on there. I think he's proven that he should be on there. So that would be my first of those. But then I'm looking, and I'm not sure. I really am not sure. I mean, you could look at uh, Alex Noren, as you said. Seamus Powers had a terrible second part of the season. Thomas Dietrich is not terrible iron rye is a guy you might give a few nods to um you know it's that 12th spot to me is going to be the one that that's going to catch my eye now maybe you have to go back and look at a victor perez i, I don't know it's it's hard it, you know that that last pick i think is going to come down to who's playing the best at the time that he has to make that pick that's what i think it could be. Uh, if you're looking for an Italian and you're saying, where's the Italian, if you want to rile up the home crowd, uh, Guido Migliosi is the uh, highest-ranked Italian. on the. They have the two points list. On the European points list, he's 28th. And on the world point list, he's 34th. But that's the closest you're going to get to putting an Italian on the, on the team. I mean, I, you got to scroll so far down to find a, a Molinari um, that you just couldn't justify it, Bob. So I think it's going to be very hard for them to get a uh, an Italian 
on this squad, which uh, I'm certainly would, would change things. Obviously, this is an international event. People come from all around the world to attend it. Attend it. So it's not like there's 40,000 Italians in attendance, but uh, it might sound a little different uh, if there was an Italian on this team. Just like Bob, when we get to the President's Cup in a year's time in Montreal, and we send out a couple of Canadians, uh, I don't care where in the world people are coming from. If we've got a couple of pairs of Canadians going out there, it's going to sound a little different when, when they peg it up at Royal Montreal. So going to have to watch this. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, we only have a few weeks left in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This week, go to GolfTalkCanada.com, GolfTalkCanada.com. Your chance at a Stealth 2 Plus driver. Uh, the only way you can uh, win is if you enter. It's free to play. Put in your fantasy team. And if you enter once, register once at GolfTalkCanada.com for our fantasy 20 weeks TaylorMade. You're in there for the grand prize. Custom fit, tailor-made, through the bag, trip for two to Casa de Campo. And this week, a Stealth 2 driver. Bob, before we say goodbye, what's the rest of the week look like for you, sir? I'm going to play a little bit of golf here. I'm heading up north. I'm going to try and play a little Muskoka golf this weekend, and we'll see how that goes. And uh, hopefully the rain stays away. We kind of had a weird rain story here in the, the big smoke here for the last couple of days, so... Hopefully the rain, rain go away and uh, play a little golf. I'm not sure about you. You're going to tee it up? No, I am working from the studio. Oh, yeah. uh, PJ Tour Radio 3M open. So I will be uh, all over that. And then straight uh, next week down to our PJ Tour Live TV studios for the Wyndham. So no rest for the wicked. My golf season starts September 1st by the looks of it. Um, and we'll <laughs> go from there. Uh, if you are playing golf, watch it, folks. Hot out there across Canada, across North America. Make sure you, you got that sunscreen and you're drinking the water and uh, stay hydrated. Bob, have a great week. Hope you play well and enjoy uh, cottage country. Uh, the three of us back next Monday. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, first good decision of the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.